Blog Talk Radio. This week's Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio to start your free trial membership. Broadcasting live from the PCR studio. The Emperor has been expecting you. Where Geekishik and Pandemonium reign supreme. Come to the coach and get together, have a few laughs. Your host will discuss everything you need to know about the world of Geek. Oh yeah! So grab your staff, throw on your cape, and roll your 20-sided die. Because it's time for... Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Welcome. That's it. I have more quarters. I can do it. You can do it. I can do it. I can make it. I can make it across that jump. Okay. <laughs> um. Why don't you just download the emulator so you don't have to spend a quarter? Because that's illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Gosh! Yeah, that would be very bad. Okay, then find the Dungeon, game on one of your browsers. Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Because I'm sure it's there. Dungeon Crawlers Radio does not condone the uh, condone the expressions of uh, Revan saying, "Go ahead and steal stuff." I didn't say steal anything. You said buy the em- you said uh, you said get an emulator. That's stealing. Well, if you already own the game, then it's not. You can have a you can have a backup copy. I don't have a back. I don't have. I don't own the game though. That was Mario Brothers. Yeah, you can just buy the game then. I don't want to buy. Then, I don't want to buy the game. I'm not much of a big fan of classic hey, Mario. Hey kids, you yeah. stop fighting now. I might have to turn the show around. <laughs> Go ahead, you turn. You try. I'd Do like it. to see you try. <laughs> now the baby's crying. Aww. Now look, you've got the kids singing. We have a baby. Where? I well, yeah, it's like three men and a baby, except Dude! four and four men and a baby. <laughs> I call dibs on you... Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> Okay. Wait. Does that mean? No. Take that back. No. You are totally Steve Gutenberg. I'll be Tom Selleck. I'll be. I'll be Sam Malone. To dancing. Yes. Yeah. Nice recovery. Nice recovery. Hit dancing. That means you are the baby. No, he's not the baby because it's five, four men and a baby. Yeah. So you are just. Random guy off of the street that showed up to watch the baby. Was the guy that played Falky in that movie? I think he was, actually. Might have been. I'll be Bronson Pinchot. Okay. Even if he wasn't in that movie, I'll be Bronson Pinchot. <laughs> Just because he reads Larry Correa's books. That, yep. and I can do the Dance of Joy. <laughs> so welcome, Dungeon Crawlers, to yet another exciting episode or show of Dungeon Crawlers Radio. We are your hosts. I'm Revan. I'm a guy named Joe. This is the great, mighty, and powerful Lord Flagoon. Me and somewhere is the intern Chris. And and the Chris and Chris is <laughs> obviously he's found a bright and shiny rock eating, in his cave. Uh, it, it sounded like he was eating. Sorry, there was cookie. a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> he had to try for the squirrel. Where? He has an eight in a week. Squirrel. <laughs> and I'm squirrel. Yeah. Chris. Mm-hmm. So on uh, tonight's show we have uh, let's see here we have uh, developers writers. I, Someone from Crafty Games is going to be talking. Yes, about we have Alex that. Flag on the show tonight. Alex Flag. Okay. All right. He's, gonna, he's from Ca- Crafty Games, one of the the masterminds behind it. 
And they're going to be talking about their wonderful products uh, from Crafty Games. For those of you that don't know who Crafty Games are, they uh, created uh, Spycraft as well as yeah. fa- uh, Fantasy Craft. Yeah. And uh, Little Wizards. And. It's the pre- little thing called Mistborn. Mistborn yeah. yeah. The role playing yeah. game. Nothing, nothing too yeah. little thing. You know, yeah. Based off of Brandon Sanderson. And not only that, they've just released a new supplement. Uh, Terrace Rot of Copper. So we'll be talking about all of this awesome stuff tonight uh, with Alex. Yeah, and we he, got he, to his, speak briefly with them at uh, Gen oh, Con. Yeah. Uh, they were actually our last, uh, our last interview. Very last interview. I mean, we were packing up our bags and they called us. We're like, all right, we're, we're coming over. Um, but not only that, uh, I don't know if his partner Patrick will be able to make the show because he's over in the UK, so it's like midnight. Ooh. Oh. Uh, so he probably is not going to join us, but if he does, hey, bonus. It'll be in the future. Yes, it is in the future. It'll be from the future. We've done that a lot lately. The future. Yes. Yeah. We, we've talk, talked to no the future, future quite a bit. Yep. So if that happens, we have to fire up the TARDIS and you know hook it up to the soundboard and... Yeah. You know, bend in warp time. <laughs> Bounce the signal off of a uh, supernova. You know. Yeah. Yeah. We do what we and do. then you burn know, up a sun just to talk to you, Internet. Yes. It's okay. Because that's okay. what we do. <laughs> okay. And then uh, later on in the show, of course, we'll be having the usual sorts of geek news and some Gamer Forge questions by you, Internet. He says, yes. pointing at the Internet. At the Internet. Yes. The Internet looks innocent. I think we need we need a sign of Joe just pointing at the internet. Point at it, making it menace, <laughs> menacingly. <laughs> give it give it a menacing look. Yes, uh, and not only that, uh, we've got some great shows coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, next week we have Blake Castleman and Brian Hales coming in talking about Devil's Triangle and De- Devil's Gate, as well as a little bit of Salt Lake Comic Con. And then the week after that we've got uh, Dan Farr, the guy that has put Salt Lake Comic Con together, coming in on the show. As we're ramping up for Fan X, which is it's just, it's days just away. I mean, away. it's what, three weeks away. Yeah, three, four weeks real away. close. Um, so uh, we will be there, and there, if you haven't seen, there is a lot of celebrity names popping yeah. up left yeah. and right on this. If you haven't I mean, gotten your ticket yet, get your ticket. I mean, if you're a huge Doctor Who fan, Amy Pond, you know, it's, Karen uh, Gillan is going to be there. Uh, they've got almost the entire bridge crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Star Trek Next Generation. I mean, Will Wheaton and Patrick Stewart. I mean, they even have Tasha Yar. Yeah. You know, there. Um, and even LeVar, LeVar, LeVar Burton. Burton. Yeah, he's there too. Hey. Uh, hey, and above all else, we'll be there. And yeah, so, we'll be there. If you have <laughs> you no know, other reason to be there, we are it. You, they've got you know Adam Baldwin from Firefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got several cast members from Walking Dead. It just it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So, uh, and you know they just announced that we have the doors haven't even opened and they've already pre-sold twenty thousand tickets. My place is gonna be packed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, if you haven't got your ticket now, you might want to. Like soon. Yeah. Very soon. And not only that. If you're going to want to buy one of those tickets, before you buy a ticket, you should buy a, a DCR shirt. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm going yeah. to in early because they're out there. They're amazing. And you, too, you know, like Joe says, you can be one of the cool kids at the table. Yeah. You're going to sit at the cool kids table yes. with, with uh, well, us, namely. Yes. Not that, you know, we are the signifiers of the cool kids table. We just happen to sit there. Yes. 
Yep, stuff. yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean that that's coming up. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking. Well, I'm in my brain. I'm thinking. Oh man, if we can get one of those before Fan X, go around having everyone sign one, and then the you know, kind of do like a, a mini auction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm actually looking up our booster right now to yes. see when it's actually scheduled to end, which I think is actually close to that time. I think we have just days left. We have four days left. So you have four days left to get your very own Dungeon Crawlers Radio t-shirt in the spectacular color of gray. <laughs> it's a good color for the logo. It though. is a good color for the logo. That, that's why I no, picked that no, color. See, no, this is our exclusive monotone shirt. Yes. Monotone? Not gray. It's our exclusive monotone version. Yes. <laughs> and if you if you get a shirt and bring it to us at either FanX or uh, one of the other many uh, conventions we'll be going to, we will personally sign plus 20 to whatever you know stat that we have. So I'd be plus 20, 20 pimping. Uh, Joe would be plus 20 beard because when he, when he has the beard, it is, it is it's that beard. epic. And, and then Revan's would be uh, plus 20 ginger. <laughs> True. Plus twenty to ginger, and uh, and uh, Chris would probably be uh, minus five intern. Oh. oh, hey, I'm still waiting for my coffee. So <laughs> until I get my hey. hot, fresh cup of coffee in hand, it will always be a negative. Hey, he's he's being nicer than he was going to be. He was going to say negative ten. Yeah. So see, it's gone up. Yeah, it's it's, it's up closer. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, so we're just waiting on... Uh... I just don't know where to go with that. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I got... I, I've thrown him in the queue. I just don't know if he's going to show up. So uh, I don't show him on uh, him online yet, so uh, we're just waiting for Alex. All right. Uh, as soon as he jumps online, we'll see that. And then uh, let me just shoot an IM over. Make sure he's... Get the message out. So if I sound a little weird or if you hear me coughing a lot more, it's because it's spring now in, in Utah land. And as of tomorrow. Uh, as of tomorrow. Yeah. And my allergies are kicking me right in. The gonads? The, no, well, no, they haven't no. quite gotten as far forward as the gonads. Okay. But they're, <laughs> they're right in the gluteus maximus area. Uh, a little bit closer to the taint than I want them to be. <laughs> but no. it's still, it's still, uh, it's still pretty. It, it's hitting the glute pretty good. All right. So uh, yeah, all my drainage is going backwards instead of forwards, and I am, I am sorry, internet. I will try to sound as I usually do, but occasionally I might crack because, again, just imagine like Niagara Falls, but make it mucus and flowing backwards onto your throat. So in other words, you're saying uh, you've gone back to puberty. Kind of. Well, you, you said you're you know you're gonna crack, so I mean your voice is gonna go. Ah! Uh, instead of cracking <laughs> yeah. that way, it's gonna be more like a. a, a oh. Ah. Like a, you know. Like like I'm perpetually choking on something. Okay. So, for that I apologize. So like a really old, you know, two pack a day, six year old smoker. Yeah, kind of. No okay. kind of. All right. Well, yummy. Yeah. We've well, been, yeah, you yeah. just brought a wonderful treat to the internet tonight. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, yes. I, I like the I like the envisionment of the Niagara Falls of mucus. Because that yeah that's what I wanted to think about right after having <laughs> it. Awesome. 
I love it. It gets a stamp of approval, and by approval, I mean not approval. I don't. I don't know what to go do with that. Okay, I'm gonna quickly send an email because I sent an okay. IM, but there's no answer. Okay, so then uh, let's see here. Do we want to? What's at least tell them where we're at? We didn't. Yeah, oh, we are. Right. We are broadcasting live out oh. of what? That's <laughs> it from space. Yeah, I'm, I'm we sorry. are broadcasting live from Epic Puzzles and Games, located in West Valley City. Your one-stop shop for all things that's game-related, unless it's video games. And then you're you're going to the wrong place because yeah. this is for awesome games well, video that you games play awesome with too. people in front of you. You could do that with a video game too. You could, but I'm just saying, be fair. But but you can also play these games in a blackout with 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 like. Candles. candles. True. And, okay. And a lantern. You can't, that I'll give it. You can't play torches. You can't play your video games 24-7. I can't. I can always pretend, but I can't. You can. I can't always. Which which I've seen you do. Yeah. It is kind of weird holding a Super and Super Nintendo controller and just kind of envisioning that at, I'm playing at the a black to the screen, blank screen. Yeah. Well, as long as you have a generator and several tanks of gas, you're good. In a For blackout. a little while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sure, it's an unearthly racket, but yeah. Or you just get Flagoon on a psych, uh, you know, bike that's freaked up, and then just let him battle. <laughs> that's right. Hey guys, it's my turn next. What <laughs> off the bike. That's called playing the calories away. Yes. <laughs> uh, all righty. So should we? Uh, what? We need to cover stuff that has been happening. Stuff that's been happening. Like, yeah. what is stuff that's been happening? <laughs> well, I'm just thinking here. It's like, what? <sighs> so usually, like, the past couple of weeks, people have been, our interviews have called in, like, almost immediately. Like, right at six. Well, the problem is, you know, I, 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 there's a little bit of a time difference. But at the same time, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's Skype that's messing up or, or what's going on here. So... That's why I sent a text. So, I mean, we can cover geek news till he shows up, uh, and then we can cover the interview from there. Um, yeah, I mean, this just does throw our groove off a little bit, but hey, we've done this before. We're pretty awesome. We're very fly on the on the groove. Um, okay. Fly yes. on the groove. Fly yes. on the groove. Never okay. <laughs> So I'm I'm trolling the Facebook, which you can you can like us on Facebook and tell your friends to like us on Facebook. Yes, and we we post all sorts of uh, funny things. Oh my god! So I'm looking at at a meme and it's got a, a stealth bomber. It says on the stealthiest plane there is, and then underneath it is a Korean airline sh- um, airplane. <laughs> oh no! And then the the, oh. the captain is B, please. <laughs> that oh yeah, oh. that's that's a little low blow, but. Uh, yeah, maybe a little too soon on that one. I'm maybe, funny, yes. perhaps. Yeah. But if I'm anything, I'm always just too soon. <laughs> Very. Uh, okay. So, let's see here. I'm pulling this up here. So, uh, hey, remember uh, that uh, launch of the game Titanfall about a week and a half ago? Oh, yeah, that crashed the servers? Oh, yeah. Did it happen again? Uh, well, no, not so Doesn't blow much. up. Something kind of did blow up, you see, because uh, their serv- uh, EA servers had been hacked and were oh, sending, yeah. sending people to uh, a fake Apple login. Awesome. Right. 
And so they were basically fishing for a whole bunch of... Uh... Applides. Oh, yeah. And they got away with it for a while. I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you dang kids. Yep. And, and your internet. And your <laughs> internet. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, just be really, really careful if you are going to be playing pretty much any of EA games. And if they send you, if it log, tries to have you log into the Apple ID, don't do it. Just close it and... I just have it. one thing to say about this. Although, what does this say about EA? That their servers are in a position that they got hacked. Very easily. I'm easily. Oh, my my, my channeling is, everyone. Is you're playing this on an Xbox. Owned and operated by Microsoft. Yeah, why would you sign Titan, up for Apple? And Titan it's also Ball on the PC, is a, is yeah, a, it's also on the PC. Well, it's it's a it's a Xbox and PC exclusive. Yeah, it's not going to be on on PlayStation Three, but I it's still an exclusive that. to the Xbox console. Apple ID red flag. Yeah. I don't know, but yet people still put it in. Yep. But, I gotta, I gotta play. My buddies are playing. He's already got it. Ooh, 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 it's, it's tied. Awesome. It's tied to my Apple ID. That must mean I get cool things and credits. Ooh, I get a new yeah. skin. I get a new skin. I get a new skin for my iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they skinned you all right, and by skinned I mean fleeced. Because I'm bad. Yeah, so a lot of people <laughs> had their Apple IDs uh, snatched up, and then. And here's the thing is that, it, oh, we are, okay. Yep, he, he's he, bouncing uh, in. So wrap that up of, real quick. A and lot, then of, we'll these, uh, a the lot of the Apple IDs that were snatched were then redirected to the actual Apple ID login right afterwards. But by then it was already too late. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was exploited by a, uh, what is it? A, a bad man. Yeah. Well, a it, it a was really bad man. The, uh, let's see here, the hacking group Derp claimed responsibility for it. They exploited a... Uh, see here. I've been in the news story somewhere. They, ex- they exploited something in their calendar, I believe, or the clock. Oh. And so it was actually pretty easy for them to find it. So, And then EA immediately says, oh, yeah, because security is our topmost concern. Yep, yep. Hack. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's add Alex to our call, and let's talk about crafty games. Because apparently those hackers were crafty. That they were. <laughs> Nice segue. See, I segued in there. Yeah. All right. Hello. How Welcome are to you? Brothers Radio. Ah, oh, thanks, guys. Sorry we had a hard time hooking up. It's okay. We have technical difficulties. It happens. <laughs> so the, it, the world of tomorrow. Yes. Today. <laughs> today. World problems. You know. Tomorrow's yeah. problems today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for coming on the show and talk about your guys' stuff. It's been a while since Gen Con, and it's what? Less than 150 days away. Oh, which God. Is crazy. It, it, isn't it always like a less than 150 days away? Yeah. Gen Con is quite the monkey. You just can't shake it. You know, it's like, it's as soon as we finish, I mean, literally, with the way housing went this year, uh-huh. um, we're going to start planning our housing before this year, for next year, before this year's Gen Con. Well, yeah, I mean, our housing, we had to get outside the block because I was, I was there the moment it opened and it, the system just wouldn't let me book anything. And well, it was friggin', it was a friggin' disaster. Were you yeah. guys in in the exhibitors block or the attendees block? We're in the attendees block because you know we're going as press, and so yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and the exhibitors the exhibitors block get this. So we need multiple rooms, right? Yeah. Um, our rooms 
are in four different hotels. We have four rooms that are in four different hotels. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, and, and, I mean, literally, I think the furthest any of them are, they're like a mile apart at the furthest end. So, I mean, we got scattered all over hell and gone. We couldn't reserve more than one room at a time. And Gen Con sent in a, you know, they've had a lot of problems with Passkey. They're not happy with it, obviously. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they said, yeah, uh, well, we can't fix this in time, and we know you guys are getting anxious about your room, so we're just going to go ahead and run with it. You know, So we basically, like, we know it's shitty. Tough luck. <laughs> yeah. And, and we, yeah, we really got stuck there. So, I mean, I, it, was, it was so frustrating for us. Our rooms are more expensive than they were last year yep. uh, by a substantial margin. Um, like, I think one room we're paying 300 more than we did last year. Ouch. Um, yeah, it, it, because we couldn't get into the hotel we preferred. The, the hotels that we, historically, the hotels we find, what we do is we get one. We really like it. We get, you were able to go in there. And then Gen Con takes it and gives it to the attendees. Yeah. And so we lost it tw- tw- two years in a row, or three oh. years in a row we've lost it. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were on the back side of the convention center. Nobody seemed to care, and we loved it down there. But I think Steve Jackson got in there and got like the whole hotel that we oh, were wow. in. So, because they took over the the uh, pub that we used to do all our dinners at too. Mm-hmm. They bought that out for the Munchkin Tavern. The Tavern on South has now been completely taken over. Before a couple years before ago, there was nobody there. Yeah. So we, they loved us, you know, because we'd bring in huge. Our people would eat there every night and stuff like that. And we got to know the staff, but anyway. So first world problems, but yeah, Gen Con always a pain. <laughs> no, I mean that. By the time we, we, you know, I was trying to book our room for us, mm-hmm. and it literally we would have to bounce to a new hotel room every night. Oh wow! And it's like you've got to be kidding me! And I and I call them off like we're press, you know. Right. And we need to be. We need. We can't pack up all of our equipment, move, and then come back in and and, and go through the exhibit hall. Like, well, this is the best we can do. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I've yeah. been in this thing all day, and nothing's been available. Well, yeah. yeah, well, we can put you on a waiting list. Well, they've never called me back. I've called several times. Like, yeah, there's just nothing. Luckily, one of, one of our buddies, I called him up. He's like, yeah, I travel all the time. I have good standing with these hotels. We're across the street. Sweet. You know? And Sweet. we, and yeah, we're paying a little bit more than we paid last year. But we're literally across the street, and we gotta we gotta cram four dudes into a hotel room. But that is not gonna smell good at the end yeah. of the day. <laughs> but well, uh, trust me, we're stuck uh, because of our situation. One of those rooms that we got is for somebody else. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're gonna be cramming, I think, a grand total of eighteen of us in three rooms. Oh wow! Wow! It, yeah, it's always it's a love fest uh, yeah. at the crafty rooms. But you know, nobody seems to mind. We have a quiet room or two quiet rooms in the party room, which is also the staff room. So, like, basically, Pat and I just accept that we will have the booze. We will have all the people in there till all hours for the whole show. It's just fine. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, sorry, well, all you're right. all party, over the place. Party at the oh. crafty games. Uh, uh, room, awesome. Yeah, well, I think our plan next year. We've we've gone through this a couple times, but definitely next year. We wanna, I, we've thought about actually renting out an entire bed and breakfast for the week, um, and getting it, splitting it with a couple people, just going outside the block entirely, mm-hmm. and and getting a because the hotel, getting any hotel, we don't have enough standing to to get a a status block. Yeah, and so it's you know we thought we'll just why don't we get a house. A whole, a big old place like like a B and B, and then dice it up with a bunch of people, 
and uh, you know friends of ours, and then just have a barbecue in the backyard for dinner at night. It'd save everybody money, um, but we get to do what we want to do. Nice. So it, we'll see if it works. That sounds like huh. a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it seems nice, but you still have to worry about getting 18 volunteers into the show, out of the show, who all want to yeah. leave at different times. You yeah. Know? So. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the biggest reason we're across the street, because you know, the first year we went... We were what, fifteen miles outside? Oh yeah, we were we were past oh, yeah. the airport. Yeah, and oh, my God. so we got we got a rental car and we drove in. It costs more to park the stupid car than to probably keep it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so then <laughs> last year we were a few blocks away. It wasn't too bad. You know, yeah, we walked. Other than at the end of the day, that yeah, like those two blocks. <laughs> Turned into yeah. like a mile. Yeah, after well, if you're humping all your gear and everything. Oh yeah. You, oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, we had uh, one year we stayed at the pyramids. Do you know about them? No. So Indy's ringed with a with a highway system. It's got a beltway. Yeah. And if you go basically straight north from the convention center, about five six miles, there's a place. There's a hotel. I don't know what it's called. This by the pyramids. It, it, these big glass pyramid things they have that are office buildings or whatever. Um, and uh, so anyway, it's on the north end of town, um, right against the Beltway, and rooms there were $40 a night. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, and so wow. I, we got that tip from Luke Crane many years ago, and we had one year where we just our reservations were a disaster. We couldn't get anything, so we ended up going out there and driving in every day. And honestly, driving in every day is a real pain. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's just tough to, you know, even though we saved a ton of cash, getting the car getting you know navigating back and forth and then dealing with people we only we didn't have many volunteers it was just you know the three of us plus one volunteer i think at the time mm-hmm. so now with 18 the logistics are just nightmarish like we literally yeah. like yeah one person would just get to be at gen con where we'd have somebody who was the driver for a period where their job was just to drive fetch people and motor them back and forth yeah not so much <laughs> yeah it, yeah so at any rate so, I mean, besides Gen Con, do you guys go to other cons, or is that just the one you mainly focus on? Uh, well, Pat is uh, – that's our big show, obviously. Okay. Um, uh, our con schedule is picking up. I do the Pacific Northwest cons because I'm out here in Oregon. Um, so I go up to Gatacon in BC. Um, I did PAX last year, but we didn't I, – I went there as mainly a fact-finding mission to see if it was worth our money. Um, okay. And then, uh, you know, I do shows up in Seattle with Gamerati. Um and uh, then I do the Portland area shows. Um, so that's all in the spring usually. There's a couple fall shows here in Portland, but they're not really developed enough yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Pat does California shows. Um, so he does Bay Area. So KublaCon, uh, DundraCon, stuff like that since he's down in L.A. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, but either one of us will go to shows if somebody's willing to bring us out. You know, we did our we did our con one year and stuff like that. and. Um, and we like the folks at Archon, but it's just with having to pay your own travel to get to a show, yeah. plus bring your own stuff, it just gets oh, expensive. we understand. Oh, we yeah. know that pain. <laughs> but so, that's actually what we're doing after yeah. this show is getting the tickets for Gen, or the, the plane yeah. tickets. Oh, so, yeah, we just bought, I just bought mine last year. I thought for sure the prices were going to drop. Yeah. They were showing $500. And uh, yesterday, I feel very fortunate. I was able to get a, a show. Uh, uh, I ended up getting f- flights that took me a day before I needed to get there. So I got there on Tuesday because I had to be there on Wednesday to set up. Got there on Tuesday, 
and then left the following Tuesday. Normally, I like to leave on Monday um, because I literally saved three hundred dollars on my wow. tickets doing that. Wow. And yeah, it was it was a nightmare. And so, and tickets had been decent the year before, and you. Yeah, I did the same thing I had done in previous years. No big deal. I could get there for about 400 bucks, But I, I feel very lucky that I got out there for 450 arriving on Wednesday. Granted, I'm taking a red eye, and then flying out on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, I mean, and Pat paid almost $500 to come from L.A. Normally, he pays about three, 350 Yeah, so it's crazy. It's, it's, and it's just going to get worse. You know, they, um, Gen Con's been trumpeting about how... Um, how they're going to stay there till 2020. They just re-signed their contract this year or maybe last year. So they're committed. Um, but the problem is I don't see any new hotels going up. Yeah. And Con is just getting bigger and, and bigger. It's yeah. bigger. getting bigger again. It's the same problem that happened in Milwaukee. Um, that, you know, they ran out of hotel space. Yeah. And so you had people that were staying in like, empty dorms at Marquette and stuff like that. I mean, they, they took up every available space and, and Gen Con moved because they thought it was too expensive to stay in Milwaukee. And now I, I think that for five years, we're going to get raked over the coals by, um, by the hospitality industry in Indy because they're yeah. going to know they can just start jacking the prices up $100 a year and what are you going to do? Go somewhere else? Yeah, you can't really go anywhere. Yeah. Not go to Gen Con? Yeah. No. <laughs> Too bad! Yeah. <laughs> That bite. So I think we've hit uh, Gen Con enough. Let's talk about crafty games. We should. Sure. sure. And talk about uh, about uh, just all the awesome things you guys bring to us with the uh, release of your uh, new... Uh, um, well, you guys have several yeah. good products. You have Fantasy Craft, mm-hmm. uh, Spycraft, Spy mm-hmm. and then you got uh, a game for younger kids, Little mm-hmm. Wizards. Uh-huh. And then kind of the biggest one, I would say at least for everyone around here where we're at, just because, well, Brandon lives here, is uh, Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn game, which... Right. Yeah, I mean, just... Because I know Brandon, and I've read those books. I mean, it's a huge, rich world. How do you translate everything oh, yeah, that was in Brandon's mind into... and all that in the book into a role-playing game? Uh, well, it's kind of challenging. <laughs> uh, so we... You know, I met Brandon in 2006, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he had just released... Uh, let's see, he had two books out. So he had The Final Empire of Mistborn, the first yep. book. And then he also had Elantris. Um, and then he was on his tour to uh, trumpet the release of Well of Ascension. And so, you know, I had a friend who was, you know, you've got to make a game out of this, and I've heard that before, right? And, uh, but... You know, I started reading. I was like, "Yeah, I got to make a game out of this." So I got in there and and started reading. And Brandon and I hit it off immediately. Uh, one of we got to meet when he was here, coming on um, his book tour through Portland at the time, and uh, and so we just hit it off. And we, you know, he was involved. Like he was he was really excited to see a game um, made out of Mistborn. And so. Uh, and I was excited to work on it. I'd worked on some licenses before. I'd done some work on Stargate SG-1 um, specifically. Um, and I worked with some licensed video games before, you know, in a small role. And so I kind of understood the the principles of working in a license. You know, I'd, I'd worked in PR and stuff like that. Um, and so it's just – it's a big world to get your head around. But the thing you got to realize is that um, brand, the, the world in the novels is only as big as what the novel's narrative needs. 
And so uh, when it comes down to the there's a lot of world to play with. There's a rich world, and there's a lot of canon you have to pay attention to. And that, imagine, if you're dealing with an eight-TV show, or eight-season TV show, it's Uh the same sort of thing. You've got a lot of canon to to deal with. But then if you're allowed, and we we worked with him, we're allowed to play in all those other areas that that aren't touched on. And so that's that's where the game lives and breathes, in my opinion. Um, You know, that the narrative is really strong, and the novels are very entertaining, and, and that world is very rich. Um, but going in and w- where I have the most fun is in the areas w- that haven't been touched upon because you can kind of create and, and take look at what he's done and say, how can I extend that into other worlds, how, into other areas? How can I kind of create an alternative history um, of Scadrail or fill in the blanks or all those other things and, and make it all work together? And that's been a really great um, – that's a l- real treat to, to be able to work with somebody like that. Nice. So, yeah. what type of game mechanics or system does this run off? I mean, we, you know, uh-huh. everyone knows of the D20 system with... Uh, right. Which is what our reputation that. is. Yeah, yeah. so it, it, is, it is a D20 then? No, not at all. Oh, okay. Uh, so, no, our reputation was... Uh, so, when we, I talked to Brandon early on, I asked him what sort of games he liked, and he said he liked the old West End Star Wars, the known as D6, when it was... Uh, so if you're familiar, that's a fistful of six-sided dice, and you roll yeah. and add them together. Um, and so he said he liked that old game. He used to play it with his friends when he was a kid. And uh, and that gave me a hint, and I knew I didn't want to do D20 on that particular game. We wanted a game that would enforce what made Brandon's book strong, and that's a really a dynamic narrative, um, characters that were highly competent, um, uh, characters that developed... Um, Kind of both in surprising ways and in um, and rather slowly. You don't see care. You know, aside from Vin, who makes a big jump from being the street urchin up to being who she becomes. Since I don't want to get all spoilery. Oh, um, you can do it. <laughs> I, if they haven't read the books yet, it's their fault. <laughs> so you know, but so Vin becomes this amazing hero, um, but she's the she's the only person who has that huge jump. Everyone else. It develops more slowly. They develop in they develop their character, but their powers and abilities and all that other stuff doesn't change as dramatically as hers. Um, and I wanted something that was not going to be so combat focused. I wanted a game that was going to be very much where so, social uh, events. You know, the balls are a big part of, especially of the first book. Um, politics in the second and third books. Uh, I wanted that to be re- very relevant to the gameplay, and so um, we created a, a new system specifically for um, Mistborn. Uh, so it's really simple. Um, it handles most most uh, events are handled in a single roll. You know, um, because like if you attack someone, you you roll the dice, and the dice will tell you if you hit and also um, how much extra damage you do beyond the base of the weapon. So it's, it's really – essentially just you roll a handful of dice. Based, you choose a statistic. You roll a handful of dice plus an additional die for every applicable trait, which is applied in a narrative fashion. Um, you know, like if I have good with knives, well, obviously when I'm fighting with a knife, I'm going to get that bonus. Um, but if I have like KG – then, and I'm, I'm in a fight and maybe I try to do a dirty trick on somebody, then I might get the bonus. But I roll those dice and then I look for matches. And the highest matching set um, from one to five is a 
is a uh, is your result. So if I get a pair of twos and three fours, um, well, I'm going to take the fours, so I've got a result of four. And then the sixes become what we call nudges or cool points. They're ways to stave off if if you fail on a roll. If you get no matches, you fail. And if you fail on a roll, um, nudges can take away the penalties of failure. Okay. So. Um, or they can give you extra cool stuff like, oh, yeah, well, I cut him and I do a little Zorro scar on his face, or I do extra damage, or I, I cut a strap and he drops his coin pouch off the roof, you know, things like that. So there's, it's, it's a place where player creativity, how they describe what they do, um, makes your character play better. So I wanted something where the, the narrative is very much enforced, but still has a game that has structure and rules and isn't just like, well, I just say what I want to do and it happens. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. I want to play. I, I do, too. I'm just thinking, hmm, can we talk them into running a, a short mini ge- adventure at, at Gen Con? Yeah. So there, oh, there will be lots of it running at Gen Con. So. Okay. Yes. Then you will need to tell us where, because uh, I would love to sit down and someone show me. I mean, I, I've read the book, and I'm just like, okay, I think I understand, but it would be a lot better with someone that knows it to show me. Uh, oh, right. You all, you know, we do uh, we do heavy demos every year. So uh, the reason we have that big team I was talking about that's so hard yeah. to house um, is because we are all in on demos. So, nice. so we we'll be demoing Spycraft Third Edition. There we'll be demoing um, lots of Mistborn, including our new Alloy of Law book. Uh-huh. Um, Oh. Yep. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's the next thing. Um, and uh, and then also we <laughs> demos of our other back catalog stuff. But those are the two main things we demoing at the show. So. Oh man. Oh, yeah. You, see, you have a, an expanding catalog. Yes. Yes, we do very much so. Well, and uh, you have the new uh, the terrace. Yes. Uh, Rot of copper. Mm-hmm. That's come out. So. Correct. Now. Now, when does you know, at least the main book and and this new book. When in the time uh, of everything do these happen? Does it happen? You know, of course, I'm assuming after uh, the ascension of oh, of Lord Ruler of the Lord Ruler, but mm-hmm. not before Vin and Kelsey are in that. Or uh, or does it happen uh, after? Honestly, it's kind of the sweet spot. I think is okay. if, if if you wanted to. S- pin the game down to a particular time would be the period um, immediately around um, the trilogy. So, okay. so the time of the Lord Ruler, about, you know, go on 20, 30, 40 years before the Lord Ruler, and then on through to the end of the original trilogy. That's okay. where the default of the game is, because there are some things that happen in terms of power scale. Um, you know, like there were more Mistborn um, hundreds of years ago yeah. before the novels. And so th- this is a, we we set the power gauge at that period of time. But okay. there's there's the great thing about the final empire is that it's completely anachronistic in terms of time. The Lord Ruler ascended, set up the final empire and then pretty much stopped anything from changing. Yeah. Uh, he locked it down. And so, you know, technology has been in the same place for n- nearly a millennia. Yeah, you know, and that's that's a thing that's really hard to get your head around, um, especially for game designers. You know, essentially there is no technological advancement. Yeah. And then also there's no gunpowder, but they have you know pocket watches and canneries and yeah. all this other stuff. And so it's it's a really kind of a crazy, unique take on the world. Um, and uh, so it's very fixed uh, in terms of alloy of law. You know, again, we're looking at the time around the novel. Uh, 
and setting it in the old Westy period. Um, but you know, there's not there's nothing to say that you can't run if you wanted to have uh, set your campaign early in the time of the Lord Ruler's domination of Terrace. Yeah. That you you could totally do that. Nice. Well, I mean, I I know not. And this is just my geek side coming out, but not a lot of people realize that there's only 300 years that happens between the end of the third book and Alloy of Law. I mean, right. mm-hmm. I mean, technology was there, but it was locked down so much, and that's why it could quickly change. I mean, because I was just sitting here like, they went from you know like medieval times to now they got trains and mm-hmm. everyone. It's like cowboy. And it's, uh, I just had to go, okay, what's going on here? You know, and I had to ask Brandon. He's like, it was only like 300 years. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, well, the final, the final empire exists at all different levels of technology. I mean, yeah. like the, the Ska are living, you know, a lot of, especially the plantations, are living very much in a 14th, 13th century sort of technology level. Mm-hmm. You know, where the med- basic medicine is still hard to come by. And you've got the no- nobility who has resources and the ability to use them. Um, by law, and they're more at, at Renaissance or even 17th century mm-hmm. um, yeah. levels of technology. So, uh, yeah, but it, it, again, it's really tough uh, for people to to suss that out, how that works mm-hmm. in, in one cohesive world. Yeah, we just think of our world. Well, everybody has technology is very evenly spread. Yeah, um, in most of the most of the planet. So. So how do you deal in your game with the uh, Alimentic powers? Because, I mean, that's got to be, if nothing else, just because Brandon's so unique with his magic systems, how does this work? Because there's the push and pull factors. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, we did, uh, so the the one thing we knew we had to get right was Alimancy. Well, yeah. I mean, we wanted to get magic right specifically, but Alamancy was the most detailed. It's where Brandon had his thoughts about physics and how, and he, you know, he thinks his magic system's through. Um, and to very you know like well your weight would determine what you can push and what pushes you back and all that other stuff, um, and so uh, we you know obviously were informed heavily by the novels, um, and then we kind of again bounced off and looked at what else we could do um, you know and the magic the important thing for us was to make sure that characters that didn't have magic like Dachshund from the novels, um, were still as interesting and fun and, and uh, useful to the party as the Mistborn. Um, and so magic is, is detailed, but it's also very specific. Um, we essentially we use the detail kind of against the, the magic power creep. You know? um, so uh, you know, put, be, having the ability to burn steel uh, has limitations. You know, um, and there's also a high cost in terms of when you're, as a role-playing character, developing all the cool stuff that you see Vin and Kelsey are do um, becomes a big experience points sink. So the, the thing you'll see is that, well, yes, a Mistborn is great um, at because they can use all different types of phalomancy and they can use combinations. Um, one, when they get ex- their experience, what we call advancements, as they advance their character they're going to be constantly sinking their, their advancements into magic, probably, because they want to be good with magic. Um, and then be, you put them up against a thug, and actually a lot of players who have any experience are terrified of thugs, no matter <laughs> if they're a misborn or not. The best thing they can do is try to keep out of their reach, because thugs, are, thugs, thugs don't have the same um, 
costs in terms of what it takes for them to be a pewter arm mm-hmm. um, that a Mistborn does to be a Mistborn. So it doesn't cost them as much to develop their magic and get really good at it. It doesn't cost them as much to get those powers in the first place. Um, and then they can totally, in a straight-up fight, they can just cream a Mistborn in a lot of cases. So, um, and then, yeah, for the characters that don't have any of that, you know, a character like Elend, when you first see him or whatever else, that guy's got brains, he's got better attributes, he's got um, all sorts of what we call standings that are like uh, worldly powers. So maybe he has, maybe a character has spectacular luck, or they have a really strong political influence, or great deals of money. These are all things that you need um, on your team. So that's kind of how we, we balanced it all out, is that, you know, essentially you choose your character's priorities, and then, um, and then those priorities, those simple decisions you make informs how your character works on the table. And, and then there's that added layer of, it's just harder to get really good with magic than it is to get good with money or with more basic stuff. Hmm. <laughs> like I feel like I've stunned you into silence. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, it's it, it's just really, really cool to, to see a game from this this series because it's an amazing series. Oh, it is. And yeah. it sounds like you guys have been able to bottle the magic, so to say, because uh, this is a this is one of those games where if you screw it up, you really screw it up. But if you get it right, it works, and it really sounds like it works. Uh, you know, I mean, Brandon thinks it works. Um, you know, the game is sold very well for us, so I think the fans uh, think it works. Um, you know, and we're still finding people that haven't heard of it, you know, um, all over the place. Just on his recent book tour, we were, you know, we'd bring some of our um, hardcover copies that we have left in our warehouse. We'd bring them to, to uh, you know, readings that he'd do here on the West Coast, and, um, you know, they'd announce it. And then some would be like, there's an RPG in this? <laughs> and uh, the books would be gone, literally gone within like three or four minutes. No matter how many we brought, they were just, they'd evaporate. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I mean, people were just, they're, they're nuts for it. And they're excited, and Brandon's, you know, throwing his full weight behind uh, our line. He's very happy with all the work we've done and, you know, is continuing to to work with us and, and talk to us and involve us in other projects. So, you know, I, it's, it's been a really good, fruitful relationship, and I, I think we're doing something right. Yes, and the fact that now The Owl of Law is coming out, which <laughs> I love that book. Oh, uh, yeah. I yeah, mean, no, everybody does. It, it's, that is, without a doubt, our most um, anticipated supplement that we'll probably ever have <laughs> well, for this it, game. You know, growing up, you know, I got to watch westerns. You know, mm-hmm. which who hasn't? They're kind of fun, but to throw a spaghetti western feel with alimentic powers is just amazing. I mean, just just pick up the audio book, mm-hmm. or yeah. you know, uh, especially the graphic audio. Uh, the, not the, the graphic book audio. Is, the book itself the launcher, is actually yeah, pretty just, short for a Brandon Sanderson novel. Yeah, it model, is. It's so. really it's really short. But just listening to the audio book. And just the description of, you know, Wax firing off his gun, and then he pushes the bullet. Uh-huh. You're just like, yes! Yeah. Well, that, yeah. That, that amazes me since, you know, I, I know that bullets are yeah. supersonic chunks of metal. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, the idea of pushing it even faster just kind of... Yeah. Yeah. 
And then, yeah. you, then you throw in the ferrochemical abilities, you know, and the twin, you know, being twin. Yeah, born oh, the, the twin born yeah. thing is sort of, and I'll tell you from the design side, twin born is kind of mind melting, uh, you know, because uh, it breaks the one sort of rule of all magic and Mistborn, which is that things are closed loops, you know, and and that allomancy or the ferrochemy is not a closed loop anymore. Um, you know that you you can all the compounding and all the other stuff. There's there's a lot that in our supplement about magic and kind of bringing those new concepts into the world. Things you know, the idea of using allomancy and ferrochemy and gunplay and gunsmithing and you know of course gun dueling, fanning, all that spaghetti yeah. western stuff you've got is in there too. So we've been we've gone to great lengths to kind of include that sort of stuff and and you know we'll be pushing more of that out. Uh, Without a doubt. I, I'm very interested to see how you handle gold compounding. Okay. No. Just, like, just like Miles. I mean, that guy was invincible. I, I don't mean, know. Yeah. A steel compounder would be pretty, yeah. pretty rough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, we do have our first adventure that I did for Alloy of Law um, at last year's Gen Con um, was a steel compounding gunslinger. Uh, oh, my it, it's, it's pretty obscene. Uh, you know, because he's he's so fast, and then he's using all his stuff to push bullets away, and and uh, you know, it, it, so far he's really put everybody on edge. Um, so it's it's been a lot of uh, it's been a lot of fun to to see how those things work. But yeah, again, you know, compounding is a tough thing to balance, and and gold is the advantage of compounding. Really, uh, or the disadvantage to compounding is that it just eats uh, it eats your resources very quickly. You know, it's well in the books. It becomes the source of limitless power, and characters like Miles are invincible. Uh, getting to a Miles level of invincibility is a tall order. Yeah. Um, you know, and and that's what we want to do is I don't want to tell people that you can't be Miles if you really desire to be Miles and to, to build Miles. I'm just going to make it more difficult for you to get there. Yeah. As it should, because that yeah. is just a cheap... I really hope the GMs out there won't allow that. Mm-hmm. I want to be a gold compounder. No. Well, it's, it's right. not really... You don't want to be a jerk to your players, but that's going to make your job as a GM just difficult. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, Miles may get blown to pieces or whatever, you know, like yeah. dismembered, but that's going to cost a ton. The... the yeah. If you took a character like Miles and you took away all of his metal mines, the problem yeah. is he's carrying so many metal mines. Yeah. If you can strip him of the metal mines, then it's not it, – he's he, he, can, he can do that maybe once or twice, and then he's done. Yeah. A- and then you got him because he's got nothing else. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's the same thing. You take away Vin's vials, and all of a, she has a hell of a time. Yeah. You know? Well, so. and, and that's the one thing I do like about the Mistborn series is, yeah, they have these amazing powers – but they, if you know, you don't have the metals or to use, they're they're a pr- almost worthless character. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not only that, but the metals can burn extremely fast. Oh yeah, some can, some burn faster than others. Yeah. So. Oh, and that's it's very frustrating. I occasionally get players that are grousing about, um, about you know, like, well, gosh, I don't like that Bendeloy burns so fast. Well, okay. Make the point of <laughs> That's the point. You can yeah. control how you move through time. Yeah. I that's that's the penalty you pay. So that, I mean that's where the uh, you know the game has to. We have to serve the game as well as the yeah. the narrative. You know that like I'm not going to tell you you can't do it, but I I will make it more difficult for you to abuse it. 
So that does bring up a really good question. How do you deal with the different burn speeds of the alloys in oh, the game? Oh, all of them have different speeds. So the, essentially the, the powers that are less useful, like let's say copper, you know, copper is noted as being, burning very slowly. Yeah. Uh, so it, it takes an hour a charge. Um, and then, you know, but something like pewter takes five minutes. And so we have these charges, and when you, when you take a vial of a metal, you only get three charges. And each charge you have, if you want to have, uh, you essentially have more cinematic equipment than you do in like a D20 game where you've got your stuff, your, we call them your props. Okay. Um, and uh, those are keyed to how much money you have on your character. And so your props, so you see a lot of Alamancers uh, that are walking around. They'll be carrying like a weapon, a, uh, a vial mm-hmm. or two, and that may be it. They, they don't have any other stuff. It's not to mean they're walking around naked or anything, but yeah. essentially all their um, because all their stats are poured into being good at fighting or being charming or you know abusing their alamancy, they don't have much to pour into their resources. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the the characters characters like seekers um, who are copper burners, they don't care that much, or bronze burners because. They only need one vial. They'll never run out of, you know, like three hours of continuous burning. Who cares if I, you only have one vial and only get yeah. to refresh it every now and again. But, you know, that pewter guy is going to be sweating. He's got to be yeah. very tactical about how he's using his powers because he's got t- 10 minutes maybe, sometimes 15 minutes, and that's it. And then mm-hmm. the Mistborn, who's got one of her little vials that's got, you know, one of every metal in it. <laughs> um, you know, she's got only five minutes of pewter total. And she's carrying coins and glass daggers and a mist cloak. Well, she's out of stuff, <laughs> you know. So that's the balance, right? It's, it's trying to figure out how to balance your equipment and how, what you really need and how you use it. So that's where the tactics of the game comes in, you know. Um, I think. So yeah, we've we've done it. I, I think we've balanced it pretty well. I don't have anybody. Com- I haven't run into too many people complaining that right. you know, like, oh well, you know, this metal is. Some guy can just run the table every single time we have a fight because of this or that. Or, you know, the soother always wins all social conflicts because, you know, he's always got brass with them. Um, so it's it, – and I think there's still room to make a character that you do things that don't have to be tactical choices, that are just kind yeah. of fun choices that are flavorful for your characters. So I, I feel like we struck a good balance. Nice. Um, and I, I would attribute some of that to luck. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> some of these things I was just like, Sounds about right. I'm gonna have to go with my gut, and uh, it seemed to be the right choice. So, whew. nice. Yeah. So, well, that's, so the, that's good to hear. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Now the new book kind of focuses more on the terrace people and ferrochemy. Yes. I'm assuming. Uh, yes, really more. So the the core book outlines all the magic that's known in the world. So um, at all the way up through Alloy of Law, by the way. Okay. Mendeloy and all the the temporal magic, even though they may not be discovered. And we know that they're not discovered. You might, in a campaign, want to have these things discovered early, prior to the alloy of law. Um, so, all, all the hemallurgy, all the ferrochemy, all the um, the blessings, all the allomancy, all that stuff is right there in um, the core book. So, uh, when it comes to terrace, we do have a section on ferrochemy, but it's more about how al- uh, ferrochemists are discovered, um, what their lives are like, what the use of ferrochemy feels like, which a lot of fans have really liked, you know, like what your character is, what the sensation is, because that's never described really in the books. 
um, of, you know, like, what, what does it feel like when you're sucking a, a ton of mental speed? Like, do you feel like you're over-caffeinated? You know, <laughs> uh, probably. Yeah. Do you feel like some super genius where the world's moving slowly? That sort of stuff. So um, that was a that was a fun thing. But yeah, we we mainly focus on everything Terrace. I mean, that's what this supplement's really about. So the it's got uh, we talk about the history of Terrace. We got to fill in the blanks in between what happens when the Lord Ruler, you know, what did Terrace look like prior at the time of Alendi and and Rashek and all those other guys, Quan. Um, and then all the way up to today, you know, what's their, what's the breeding program like? How is it administered? We got to create essentially the city of Tassingdwin, um, with a, we all created the map ourselves, and you know, did a, like talked about what the city's like, and we talked about terrace culture. We've brought in some new concepts. Um, so there's a lot of stuff in role playing um, those characters. We got new new stunts, which are like little, I guess, in D20 terms, are more like feats. Um, for uh, for terrorist characters only, so things like you can pl- play upon pre- people's prejudices about terrorist men being docile. You use that to not let people hit you in the face, like in a fight. You can just go do the C3PO thing. I mean, you no harm, you know, <laughs> uh, stuff like that. So there's there's it's kind of it's really a broad swath. We talk about the the geography of the dominance. We talk about the people and their history and their relationships with the rest of the world and the stewardship program and how they're educated and what their families are like and all this other stuff. So it's it's kind of, it's a big kind of blowout of of the stuff we've seen slivers of and things that we've never really, the, never really touched upon in the, in the novels and then blown out to a you know, full-on 100-page section on, on this is what being terrorist is like and this is what terrorist, the terrorist dominance is like and all that other stuff. Um, and then the other half of that is a big adventure to kickstart a campaign, which is, I think, pretty awesome. It's a lot of fun to watch, to play. Um, at least from the narrator side, I haven't played it myself since I wrote it. So, are there any other uh, supplements in uh, mind uh, further along? Like one, uh, oh, yeah. like something to to like introduce uh, the Condra? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Sure. We've got plans. <laughs> we actually have it's... another uh, supplement mostly in the can now. Um, we're getting the adventure part of it done at the moment, and that'll, that's our second one. And I've got the team built for the third one. So yeah, we're moving forward. We're going to keep doing a lot of stuff in that kind of classic slash original trilogy era um, because there's a lot of room to play. And the nice thing about that era is the world is fixed. Like we know we have the three novels and then we've moved, the narrative has moved forward. Um, And then we're also doing the Alloy of Law and we'll do adventures in set in the Alloy of Law era um, and and stuff like that. And when the next Alloy book comes out, uh, I'm sure we'll have an update for that. Um, bringing the new stuff that appears in that book um, to the game. So, yeah, we intend to keep kind of supporting what Mistborn is and what Mistborn is becoming for as long as we possibly can. Well, all right, we're uh, actually uh, getting close to the end of this. So uh, where could our listeners uh, find your uh uh, find you guys. Are, are oh. you? Uh, do you have a website? Are you oh, yes. yes. So our, our website is uh, www.crafty. Uh, Dash games.com. Um, or if you're a Mistborn fan, you can just go to MistbornRPG.com and that'll show you just our Mistborn products. Um, our games are carried in stores throughout the country and around the world. Um, you know, anybody that carries Studio 2 stuff or Savage Worlds can get a hold of 
of our uh, of our games as well. And um, you can, of course, we sell the games through our website. And so, yeah, Terrace will be out. Um, let's see, it should be coming off the printers in about three days. Uh, right. So, yeah, so we'll have serve those. your copies today. <laughs> yes, yeah, we're already they're up for pre-order right now. Um, but uh, you know, we'll be we'll have them in our warehouse in probably a week week and a half. And uh, and then we'll start shipping. So nice. they'll be in stores probably by mid to late April. Nice. All right. Awesome. So then uh, where is Crafty Games going to be seen next? What's going to be the next convention, or is Gen Con going to be it? Uh, well, I'm going to GameStorm in uh, Portland, Oregon, or Vancouver, Washington um, this weekend. I'll be down there uh, with a booth and everything, having our new products and rocking demos and all other fun stuff. Um, we'll be at uh, KublaCon this year. Um, down in San Francisco, um, and that'll be a lot of fun. That's a big show and always a blast. Pat- Patrick, my business partner, will be there repping uh, Crafty Games, and then Gen Con is the next show for us after that. Well, we can't wait to see you in Illinois. In Indiana. 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 Yes, we're moving to Illinois. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Uh, Can't wait to see in Indianapolis. It might happen. If if it keeps on getting bigger, they'll just have to move it to a different state. Uh, (laughs) Now, will the Alloy of Law expansion be available by Gen Con? That is the plan. We're very close. Uh, Book is edited. I'm doing my review now and making a couple last changes, adding little flourishes that we need to be sure are there, checking the rules, stuff like that. Um, The last illustrations are coming in. Um, but we've got our cover. We've got our, um, we've got pretty much everything else we need. So it's just a matter of getting these last pieces together, and we'll go into layout next month. So add it to my Gen Con bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I would expect it um, to see it in August at Gen Con. Nice. Well, thank you very much for joining us. We hope to uh, hear back from you again for anything uh, crafty yeah. games related. You, you uh, bet. I, I mean, you guys do more than just the uh, the Minecraft thing. So, yeah, if you have anything else that you want to get the word out to the world, let us know, and uh, we will be happy to have you back on. Anytime. And we will, yes, we will be d- doing video like yeah, we, we normally do. We so. will do video. So maybe, Con. you know, maybe we could even ha- do video of the demo real quick. Uh, oh, yeah. Playing it, so. Sure, uh, sure. That yeah. could be fun. I'm going to try to play, I want to try to play a Terrasman who has really bad short-term memory, so I keep on remem- uh, memorizing the same thing over and over and, and over, over again. again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I remember something, I immediately store it in my copper. Yeah. All right, uh, okay, then I forget that I have it on my copper mind. So I've so to- got to learn it again. Yeah, i got to memorize <laughs> this and then put it back in my copper. <laughs> I could just imagine you go to, you go to like, the council or whatever, and like, okay, got, what I, do you have in there? I've got this great thing in my copper. I've got... This. Uh, and then I've got the exact same thing. And then you pull it on, and you're like, wait a minute. I have the same thing 178 times. It's like the terrace version of Stack Overflow. It's the yeah. same operation over and over and over again. Oh. Or, or, or a bronze savant. So a person that always flares their bronze. Okay, so he's smoking all the time? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one can detect anything. <laughs> Am I using my power right now? I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm burning it anymore. Seriously. <laughs> oh. All right. Wow, awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on the show tonight. Everyone, check out Crafty Games. They've got tons of great 
game systems. We didn't hit on it, uh, but Little Wizards is a great game for your kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you want to get them into gaming, it's a fun little game to get them into. You don't have to worry about dying and all that stuff. Oh, it, no, not even it, fighting. It's, yeah. It's all about it's, storytelling and imagination. Yeah, it's it's lots of fun. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to find an alternative to Pathfinder or D&D, Fantasy Craft is a great alternative to that as well. Yes, Imagination. <laughs> but if you ever, I was, I was the, the yeah. imagination song. Yes, you're a little you, flat. You're a little yeah. flat. Oh, uh, oh, I got high at high But if you ever, <laughs> <laughs> so, nice. Yes, thank you. Uh, yes. But if you've my ever dog wanted to play, howling in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was gonna say if you've ever wanted to play a Mistborn or uh, any type of character from uh, Brandon Sanderson's world. This is the game for you. Uh-huh. It's perfect. It's all set up for you. You don't have to try to make something up. So, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again. And uh, yeah, if we don't hear from you before then, we'll see you at Gen Con. Anytime, gents. All right. Have a great night. Thanks. Thank you very Thanks, much. you too. Good night. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That was Alex Flagg with Crafty Games. Oh. Find them in game stores everywhere. Yep. Yes. Find it. You know, we tried to set up a a meeting with these guys. They were busy. I mean, they were rocking. Oh, yeah. And we almost missed them. But, you know, these guys are so well-spoken. They know what they're talking about. And what the heck? Why are we? We're we're calling someone? I don't know. Who are we calling? Who are we calling? That was weird. Well, then. Okay. But, um, (laughs) you know, they've put this game together in a way that you can actually feel like you're in there and it's it's not like you're you know it's not like D&D it's not like Pathfinder uh it's it's something unique but it totally makes you feel like you're part of the game so uh check it out uh we even have copies here at Epic Puzzles and Games I mean of all their games mm-hmm. so if you're here in the area drop down by take a look snag a copy I mean uh, snag four copies if you're at yeah you know. well they don't have four copies but they at least have copies um, and you know, like he was talking about, he, their hardbound book almost looks like an actual Brandon Sanderson book. They put they have the, the d- dust jacket on there. They have Brandon's picture and everything. Um, but it is definitely worth the money to buy it. So, and if you can't afford the the uh, hardbound version, they have a p- uh, paperback version. You know, that's just as cheap. Again, they made it look like it's a book both ways. So it, it's worth picking up. So, all right, we're gonna take a break. We're going to play a couple tunes, stretch our legs, and then we will come back. That's right. But before we do that, since uh, that just kept going. Yeah, that's right. uh, It is top of the hour, and uh, you're still listening to Judge and Carl's radio, hopefully. (laughs) And so uh, before we leave leave on our music break, we should probably mention our good friends at Amazon. Amazon! Yes. So, hey, you want to pick up this game? Yes, if you want to pick up a copy of any of the Mistborn games or any other games that Crafty Games has put out, well, you can just visit Amazon.com. Wait. That would be very easy because you're listening to the show. So that means right after you're done listening to the show, go to the little sidebar, enter in your search term. Mistborn RPG. Yes. Or you could be doing it while listening to yeah, the show. Yeah, sure, why not? And then, yep, make sure you clean out your cookies and do your shopping as normal. And then when you're done, it kicks a little bit of money back to to us. So it's not entirely a, you know, a one-sided gesture. We get something from this. And then and you, you totally just scored yourself with an awesome game. Yeah, this is a win-win. If I ever heard one. But, Joe, wouldn't that possibly add more to the cost? Why, funny you should mention that. No, it does not. There is no money added. It's all, you just do your shopping as normal. 
Yay! Yeah, so you don't pay anything, not one cent more. And you want to know why you, do, you want to do this? Because that way you won't have Little Orphan Annie commercials in the middle of your great interviews. <laughs> <laughs> you could if you really want them. Because nothing sucks more than right in the middle of a point where they're telling you something awesome to hear Little Orphan Annie brought to you by Waffle Cakes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Remember to drink your Ovaltine. Yes. So uh, we will take a small break. Uh, you can listen to some tunes, and we will return shortly. And hopefully uh, intern Chris has got that squirrel. Yep. Coming up Maybe. after the break, Geek News, Gamer Forge. And other crazy Gentlemen, behold Dungeon Crawler Radio. <laughs> Three, two. Down at the mall is the one who's got it all. The answer to my prayers. Just two doors down from Sears I was surprised Cause they mostly hire guys She's the girl She's the girl at the video game Card. It's only $15 and it comes with a free magazine subscription. I totally want that. She was nice to me. She's my final fantasy. She's the girl. She's the girl at the video game.
Attention, people of Earth. This is Zorak, and you're listening to Dungeon Crawler Radio, featuring Revan, a guy named Joe, the great and powerful Lord Lagoon, and Firebird. So listen up. Welcome back and to we're Dungeon back. Crawler Radio, where Fluffy, I don't know where it's going with that. Fluffy, say, pa- fluffy pancakes. I was gonna say fluffy trees feel wonderful, but I don't know why I'd say that. I like fluffy pancakes making love in the sand. All right. Well, then that's what we'll go with. Okay. In the sand. Yes. Sure in the sand. <laughs> yeah. Well. 
It's better than a raining tacos. No, know. it's not. Yeah. That sounds pretty awesome, actually. Raining tacos sounds a lot better for your windshield than raining men. <laughs> that is true. Because that and that and like as messy as tacos are, I'm sure raining men is also a <laughs> lot more messy. Well, it depends yeah. on how. I guess it depends on how high the clouds are. Yeah. But I'm, I'm thinking. I'm like, sure they'd be pretty low. That would be a lot of they, weight. They, it would be a lot of weight, but I, I'm still thinking they're still like falling from maximum splatter damage. Uh, you know what would. I'm just trying to, pick, you know, mentally picture this. Okay, imagine. Can you if, imagine the amount of damage that would happen? That would be a lot. Like just like the the movie Magnolia. Yeah. Ends with it raining frogs. Yeah. And that is like all hell breaking loose mm-hmm. just by frogs. Yeah. Now imagine, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be generous and say a 180 pound man, but a whole bunch of them falling from the sky mm-hmm. at the same time. Oh yeah, that, well, that's going to have a few things. You see, you know, more than just the men that are falling. Yeah, well, I mean, just look at movies when we see guys falling from the top of a six, seven story building and they hit a car. What happens? It mostly collapses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but they're all ferrochemists and they're all steel. So they're oh, actually fine. so they're actually just putting their weight into the steel and then they they, they just fall lightly. Lightly. Okay. Since, since we since we talked about crafty games, crafty games, and their Mistborn game. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. I am super excited about the Outlaw of Law one. I mean, I can tell. I mean, Joe was just sitting here. We've like both like perked up like at the exact same time. Like, woo! I know. <laughs> Joe was just like, is an instant swoon. I know right because I'm still excited about the forgetful ferrochemist. That was awesome. That that really. Is. I'm gonna memorize the first line. Okay, and I'm gonna put that in my copper mine. All right. Hey, look. A new thing. I'm going to memorize the first line. Okay, yeah. and I put it in my copper line. <laughs> hey, look. Yeah, I got well, that. That's really thing. interesting. Let's get, this, let's get this first line again. Everybody got really mad after I only memorized it the first time. <laughs> I don't know why. Nice. All right, so uh, with that, geek news. Yeah. So <laughs> we do have four game reports that we want to hit on. Um, just looking it up, I'm, I know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we can get these. So, uh, who, who's got geek news? I have, I have geek news. Go for it. So, uh, let's see here. Who are these? Elder Scrolls Online has announced their first microtransaction. It's a horse, because <laughs> it wouldn't be Elder Scrolls without a horse. Yeah, you gotta have your mount. I, I hope they're just as badass as the horse mounts are in Skyrim. Because they just don't, they're they're like the honey badger. Oh, they they are they are worse than the honey badger. <laughs> Those things would just march into whatever and just be like, yeah, just start attacking me. <laughs> what do you Unless mean? a dragon shows up. So it's a dragon. Oh, and then they run. Oh hell! Oh no! Hell no! Uh, my 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 mount always bolts really? with a dragon. I have lost so many mounts, like uh, paid for mounts, to dragons. Than I have to anything yeah. else. That is the only thing. No, and and giants, dragons and giants. My mount bolts, and then I have to. I spend the next thirty to 20, thirty to forty minutes trying to find my freaking horse. Okay. I hate it. Now I have Shadowmare. He doesn't die. Yeah, he just it collapses. Just, and he doesn't even collapse. He doesn't even collapse. It, like it gets hit like a Mack truck, and it's just like, bring it, brah. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Okay. <laughs> that is my horse. 
Mine always so, jumped in front of my sword. <laughs> right, inconvenient timing. Yeah, I've, always. I've, I'm, I'm an archer, so that really isn't that big of a deal. It actually keeps the things far enough away that I can one-shot it because my archery skill is just retardedly high. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what do you have, Joe? So, so in, in, in short, buy, spend a little money, get a horse. No, don't get, don't spend the money. Just just do the assassin's quest. Get a horse that doesn't die. That never dies. That never dies. Never. That dies. is just awesome. Uh, okay, moving on. Moving on. Ready to move on. Onward and upward. So um, Ivan Reitman, who had been uh, attached to the ghost to the finally, well, sort of finally, uh, third installment of the Ghostbuster franchise, is officially out. He's gone. Yep, he has left. He after. bolted. Yep, uh, after the passing of Harold Ramis. As it should have, as there never should be a Ghostbusters 3. If we learned anything from the Ghostbusters video game, it's that that show is perfect where it is. It it, it should not be touched by modern hands, because all we're going to do is screw it up. Well, here's my insight on it. If Harold Ramos was still around, I could see them attempting it. Yeah, because having creative input. He was really... He is the mastermind behind that, and Stripes, yeah. and all these he, other... Yeah, he wrote that. And you know, Stripes, he, and Groundhog's Day, and well, no, Daddy yeah, Jack. Yeah, he is brilliant. And he... And, you know, if you speak to any of those actors that were on board, he directed in such a way that it didn't feel like he was telling you what to yeah. do. That he was allowing you to be creative and so on. Without him, I really think it doesn't have a chance in Hades. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. You know, they're all getting up there. And, you know, pardon me on this, but no one wants to see a bunch of old, fat Ghostbusters. And I know part of it was the fact they're kind of handing it off to a new generation. Yeah. It's not going to have the same magic. No, it's not. It's, it's just not. Not anymore. Um, it's, it's it not, could have. It's not, it going, have, to, it's you know, not going to affect Maybe 10 years ago, maybe five years ago. I, I still don't even, I, I don't think it should be touched. No, I, I, it's not going to yeah. touch, it's not going to touch the youth in the same way that it touched us as youth when oh, no. it was brought, brought out. And, and it's not going, and it's going to flat out insult any of the original fan base. Mm-hmm. So I would just say, leave it where it is, you know, do, you know, the, the commemorative re-releases on whatever the latest uh, new fangled Blu-ray iDisc player thing is every now and again, <laughs> just to keep it fresh in, in nostalgic mind so that a new generation can be exposed to a, a classic. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, they're not... You know, as much as they're probably going to, but you know, you don't see a direct remake of Casablanca. You yes. see a few, you see a few homages to it, like uh, Out Cold, but you don't actually see full blown. This is Casablanca, Y two K, or yeah, something like that. Because no. it's it's steeped in its time, and that's how the Ghostbusters game, Ghostbusters movies are. Is they are a product of their time. They are. I, I agree. They shouldn't be messed with. It's just they, there should never be a remake. And they're also they're also and just time they're timeless masterpieces. Oh, they are. Well, they I don't are. say masterpieces, but they're they're timeless. 
I, I in their I, own. I would effect. say they're a masterpiece. I mean, they're not like the Mona Lisa, but they're a great movie. Ghostbusters yeah. masterpiece. Ghostbusters Two was a bit of a Ghostbusters drag. Two is not that and great. And that's the reason why there shouldn't have been there. Should, there shouldn't be a third yeah. because two was just a blatant money grab, and three would be a nostalgic well, money grab. Well, what? In fairness, though, what um, what in that time era wasn't wasn't a blatant money grab? Well, well, yeah, I mean, blatant money grab. True. Any, anything with a sequel that was oh, around yeah, that any, time frame. Any oh, yeah. sequel was a blatant money grab. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. and it really you can, was. You can kind of see how they were because and, and, most of the sequels suck. And most sequels now are the same way, unless it's part of a yeah, larger trilogy yeah. or something like yeah. that. I mean, let's face it: Hang The over. Hobbit is a gigantic, you know, proof blatant of money grab. Money grab. I mean. The smallest book is now has more. What it's it, it's broken three parts, four parts. Yeah, three I can't parts, even remember. Three, three parts. Seriously? Come on. And I mean, they've done though? a great job at it, though. Yeah, and you know what? Though people are still going to turn out in droves yeah. to see it. Yeah. You know. So that that's why I would say go ahead and make the Ghostbusters three. Go ahead because you know what? People are still going to go see it. Yeah. They're gonna go see it, but they're going to destroy what the original was created. Was was. Yeah. What the original had to offer. It's like trying to watch the uh, the Star Wars trilogy well, or the Star Wars movies from the prequel all the way up to <laughs> yeah. uh, up to. Uh, this is my opinion. Return of the if Jedi. If they are going to try for a, a Ghostbusters three, it should be with a brand new cast, and it should have the old the cast, cast members kind of come in as kind of you know. Kind of a handoff, no. but mentors. be very, no, no, no. very, no, not even mentors. No. Very, very small. Like the very beginning, where the, the, they come in, like, there's the equipment, here's the keys, see you later, and walk out. I mean, something that simple. If that, just because. I think if they're going to be in it, they should just be dead. They should be ghosts themselves. <laughs> yeah, because that's what Bill Murray said he would do to be in the third one. As long as he dies, he would be happy well, to be in he it. He did technically get his chest blasted out, so he could show up that way. Yeah. <laughs> tie, tie the two worlds yeah. together. But, uh, you know, it's tough because you're going to have the... the uh, Ghostbusters has got re, a really big following. I, I'd say probably bigger now than ever before. All right, do we want to wrap this up? Because yeah. we yeah, we we're, we're running low on time. All right. Sorry. Boy, we got I got, we got a lot there. more I could say about this, but we can save that for another time. All right. So I'm I'm let me let me burn through these real quick. Um there's one that I'm going to skip because we're just not going to do it. But it was uh everything wrong that, that happened in Goonies and yeah. In under in 20 questions. So, uh so the who liked the the, the sequel they put out for GI Joe? I still haven't seen it. Yeah, I, um, right. I I regret it was, that I it was watched better. it. It was a little yeah. bit better. It was a little bit better than the first one. I thought they were both horrible, so I don't think that I could compare them as being better. <laughs> well, the uh, the director that uh, directed the sequel is uh, decided to take on Jim and the Holograms. It's coming to a theater near you. Awesome! <laughs> it's Jim. She's electric. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so... I'm, uh... Yep, John Chu has decided to take on the 1980s animated property at Gem and the Holograms. Oh, so, yeah, speaking uh, of cash grabs. And he is also working on the third G.I. Joe movie. Uh, so, yeah. Is we need to make a third one? 
Yep. Wow. So, uh, you know, ha- somebody very, very well. Hasbro is going to try to make a go. You know, Marvel's doing it. DC's doing it. They own G.I. Joe. They own Transformers. Uh, you know, they're going to go for I think, it. I think next on the on the block, though, should be a sequel to, Go-Bots? to the Garbage Pail Kids Ooh, movie. Garbage Pail. Oh, no. Because if, yeah, if Hasbro's oh. going make to a, make a jump for it, no. Topps Trading Card Company should make a go for it. Okay. At this point, what do they got to lose? How yeah. about Street Sharks? Yeah. yeah, live action street sharks. Spiker mice from Mars. <laughs> yeah, Silverhawks. Yeah, <laughs> whatever happened to that? Ooh, Brave Star. Yes, Brave style <laughs> Masters of the Universe that we were all promised back in the day. Um, yeah, that happened. It was called Three Hundred. <laughs> no, no, there was supposed to be another one that was supposed that was like. Did you not? Did you, you not know Leonidas was actually He Man with he, a spear? Really? <laughs> oh. Well, now my... He just forgot to put it in front of him and go, I have the power! And, well, he, yeah. had the, he had the ambiguousness uh, yeah. left, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, what else we got? All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, fans of the Splinter Cell video game franchise, your wish is finally granted. Looks like, um, see, Doug Lyman, who recently helmed the Born. Uh, the Born Identity and the Born uh, Saga of films is uh, finally going to be making the uh, live-action adaptation of Splinter Cell. Uh, currently, uh, currently, the lead is being cast as Tom Hardy, who we recently saw as uh, Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. And soon to be Mad Max. Yep. Man, he's going to make such a good Mad Max. Boy, they're finally cashing in on that since they put a trailer for the movie back in oh, Chaos Theory. Yep, way back when. But, yep, another reason to see wow. Tom Hardy again. Ah, oh, yes. There's my swoon for the night. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, look for that one. Hopefully, it'll be... Ideally, it'll be done in 2015. All right. So, uh, my next little bit of gamer news. So, those people who have uh, PlayStation 3 and a PlayStation 4 probably know this already, but you can actually play certain games on the PlayStation 3 with the PlayStation 4 controller, which, having actually finally gotten a hold of the controller, it is so much nicer than the PlayStation 3's uh, DualShock. So there is a little bit of a uh, thing that's been kind of happening with with that, is that players who have been playing certain games, like Dark Souls 2, have been inadvertently making purchases on the PlayStation 4 PlayStation Network. Oops. And Sony is refusing Oops. to offer any refunds. Oops. So, be, buyer be warned, if you're playing Dark Souls 2 with a PlayStation 4 DualShock, Oops. you oh. might be buying stuff. All right. not even know about it. Uh, Chris, do you got any news? Oh, I did. Well, actually, I do have one thing. I have one yeah. thing left. Um, All right. That is, uh, those that are fans of Titanfall, they're already working on making a multi-platform sequel. So if you didn't get to play it on PlayStation, that's because it hasn't come out, it won't come out for it. But there may be a sequel for it on the PlayStation 4. Huh. Yeah, I still won't buy it. Good on them, though. Good for making the fast move, I'll say that much. Unless they yeah. make it a console-only game with the option to go online, I'm not going to buy it. That's just me. I know, I know Joe my, loves it, likes my it. My only problem is its emphasis is on f- multiplayer platforms. Yeah, I hate, yeah I, so do I. I hate multiplayer I agree. shooters. They, they yeah. had a nice opportunity with a fresh console to really stretch the console's muscle oh, yeah. by creating 
a, a just a deep single player mode. It would be even a, a yeah. multi, even a multiplayer campaign mm-hmm. would have been enjoyable. Yeah. And I can get behind that. I was I was a huge fan of that when they they so like a like a Titanfall yeah. equivalent or a, a a sci-fi future equivalent to uh, Left 4 Dead kind of. In a way, yeah. It's kind yeah. of a squad based multiplayer. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, that's, I would and that's play nothing that. new either. I yeah. would play that. You know, it, if they had a game where I could sit down and just play it by myself, have some fun, blowing up stuff, jumping in a mech, I would totally be behind it. I'd be in line buying my game right now. They have one. It's called MechWarrior. <laughs> no, Titanfall. <laughs> I, I would buy it, but the fact that it's strictly online, multi-platform, no, I, I, I just, no. They, they lost me. And it looks amazing. Don't get me wrong. The graphics look pretty cool. The fact that, you know, when you're on foot, you can bounce off walls and stuff, that's pretty sweet. But they lost me with that. And, and I, you know, I know I'm not the only one out there, and you guys kind of agree on that one, too. So, all right. So, uh, I got one. This is, this is going to be my last one real quick. So, uh, a Lego robot. So, someone built this robot out of Legos. Smashes the Rubik's Cube speed record. That's right. The Lego <laughs> robot is called Cube Stormer 3. It has smashed the Rubik's Cube speed record. Uh, it solved it in 3.2 seconds. Wow. Wow. At the Big Bang Fair in uh, Birmingham, UK. This is two seconds faster than its dad, Cuber Storm 2. That previously had the record at 5.27. This is really sad when a robot made of Legos can move faster than humans. <laughs> I don't know. Once and let me guess. It took two, maybe three years for humans to build this robot out of Legos. Yeah. See, once they get it down to Lincoln Logs, then I'll be impressed. Yeah. That would be pretty sweet. All right. All right. Um, go ahead, Joe. Uh, last one, real quick. Um, see here. Pat Nozla will be joining the cast of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as... Um, see here. Da-da-da, I lost my part. Lost my place. Uh, let's see here. Maybe that's good. Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> yeah, you you kind of so lost us on Agents of Shield. <laughs> yeah, so just look forward to me making a uh, make uh, pro- possibly a recurring role. A longtime Nick Fury friend, Agent Koging. Keenig. Keenig. I'm sorry. But okay. Patton Oswald. I like Patton Oswald. Hilarious guy. But this just made Agents of Shield a joke. Maybe. But more who knows? more of a joke than it was before. But yeah. here's, here's the thing, though. Pat Oswalt has done other things than comedy before. Oh, I know. I've seen so. him in several things. As an actor, the guy is amazing. I, you know, he can play series. He can play comedy. I, he can play quite a bit. But the problem is, it's Pat Oswalt, and I don't see any role that they can put him in other than something comedic that we would take him serious. I mean, putting him in as a shield agent. What is he like? The shield agent that's a blundering buffoon, and we just don't want to talk about him. He's Agent X. <laughs> it's the guy we don't want to talk. Yeah. About. Oh, we don't talk about him. Uh-huh. What level is he? Negative four. Negative. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's stuck at a station in Antarctica, and we don't really talk to him that much. He's not even allowed to know about himself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the end of that one. All, All right. right. So it looks like uh, Dave's, uh, Dave's X Human Revolution might be getting a uh, live action film um, made by possibly Machinima. That's uh, awesome. 
YouTube had a uh, little. Uh, they released a a, a, tra- a teaser trailer for it up on the YouTube, and it has exploded. And uh, oh, man, my computer just died. But uh, IDOS is fully in, like on board for this uh, for this whole thing. So all right, there we go. What's what's is it? Let's hit the gamer forge. It is gamer forge time. time. But before we do that, we should probably talk about. So do we do Audible? We have not done Audible. Let's do Audible. So if this Gamer Forge is brought to you by Audible.com, Audible, it's Audible Tastic. If you want a free, 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 can't say free enough. I can't say free enough. Audiobook from Audible.com. Go to AudiblePodcast.com forward slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio, or even easier, just click on the link that's on our website. Sign up. And, and it's a free 30-day trial. It's a free 30-day trial of their gold account. Gets you a free book. And that doesn't cost you anything for that first free book. And then it gets you a credit every month. And that credit is good for any of the thousands of books that they have on uh, on their catalog. Yeah, after the first 30 days, there is a small nominal fee depending on what category level you put yourself at. I think the lowest is 14.95. But still, even at fourteen ninety five, you know, let's say you pick up Brandon Sanderson's new Word of Radiance, which is out there, that's a seventy two dollar audiobook. You can get it for fourteen ninety five. Yeah. You save money right there. You save a lot so, of money. Audible dot com you know, why not? When we're done talking <laughs> when we're done talking in your ears, you can put on, you know, Alloy of Law and listen to Alloy of Law or you can put Oh on, yes, you, you should. Can, you can put on any of Brandon's uh books or any other books of the and most of the authors that we've talked to? Dan Wells, Dan Craig Eggman, Larry Correa, Michael Underwood, Bob Salvatore, John Scalzi. The list goes there on. There are literally thousands of books for you to get. Michael Brent Collins. Yes. There are thousands of books for you to get, and it is just minor. You need to do it. For pennies a day. Yes. You could have entertainment for hours. All right, let's move forward. Audible. All right, that's audible.com. Okay, so the Gamer Forge. Uh, For those of you that never heard of the Gamer Forge, what it is is we uh, go through four. Well, this evening we're going through questions. If you have a problem in any of your tabletop gaming for role-playing or the other or the like, or just the storytelling problem that you've kind of gotten your characters stuck in a corner and you're trying to figure out a way to get it out, we are... uh, Four very impartial judges. And four <laughs> impartial. Impartial. So, you know, we don't really take t- sides. No, we don't. We could, we, we could care less if Eric the Red is wanting to slay your dra- pet dragon. Nope. We're going to tell you how it is. Yeah. Yep. We'll tell you. We will tell you the rules. Sometimes we can actually uh, cite the book. But it is here. Thanks are, to Joe. We are here for your... Uh, for your education. To filter your, your to, questions to help, to you, help you along. We yeah. are here to help you. Yes. And that is what we do. So, so let's start. Let's go. So Richard Morgan writes it. In which book for third 3.5 edition of D&D was the God of the Kender described? Obviously, it's not in one of the... Obviously, it is in one of the Dragonlance books. I remember reading somewhere that the God, the Kender God was a really chill dude who wanted everyone to have a good time, and I want to play a paladin of freedom with him. So, um, can you play a, pal- a kinder paladin? I don't see why you couldn't. They're pretty much a halfling. Um, kinder 
are unique to Dragonlance. So unless you're playing in the Dragonlance world, I mean, you really can't have them anywhere unless you've thrown them into your own world. Um, yeah, I do know they're yeah. I do know that they're coming into D and D next. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kender have always been this kind of weird offshoot of a traditional uh, halfling. You know, they're very childlike. They take things without realizing it, and they're very adept at picking locks, and they do it for fun. They're adept thieves. Yeah, they are, but you can't call them a thief because they take highly, high offense to that. Uh, do they have a god? Not really. Uh, in Dragonlance, they, most kind of revere to the Reorks, which was the, god, uh, the dwarven god, or Paladine, which was actually in the guise of Fizbin the Fabulous through most of the series. So that's really the two gods options you had. Now, there were several things that were put out on Wikipedia, on uh, Kender Cyclopedia, where they kind of describe Uncle Trapspinger, which, for those of you that read the Dragonlance books, Tasseloff was always talking about him. He's kind of become kind of a, a divinity figure of, uh, of so. And he was well, he, he was a, pr- a prankster, so there were some homebrew 2nd edition style priests for priests who revered Uncle Trapspringer out there. Uh, there's the an explode. entire book of tales of Uncle Trapspringer out there. Um, and there actually is a really cool, uh, fictitious Chuck Norris style fan-made um, Kender Priest out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, that's all homebrewed stuff. Sure. So there really isn't any so official have, stuff. You would have to actually homebrew this Kender Paladin. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh, okay. the I mean, you could run it as a 3.5 halfling paladin. Yeah. The the only difference is is your halfling is going to be the Kender. You're going to want to run off. You know the the and again the, there are some third edition books out there for Dragonlance. You're just going to run off of that stat. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's possible, yeah. but it's not going to be easy. There isn't something out there for you to do it. Yeah. So you're, yeah. So no matter what happens, you're stretching the rules a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Now, with D&D Next, is that going to be possible? And they've streamlined that for you? Since I, they're bringing Kender into the world, I'm going to have to say I'm, it's going to have to. How they're doing it is beyond <laughs> me because it's like, Okay, we're bringing Kender, but none of the other... No Tinker Gnomes? I mean, Tinker Gnomes are awesome. Well, hey, it's still young. Yeah, hey, who knows? We yeah. might see other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so. okay. So, uh, Richard, I hope that answers your question, because that was pretty simple and on point. Yay! All right, so Steve Loveland writes in... Hello, Steve. Welcome to the uh, Game of Forge. Da- daggers can do either slashing or piercing damage. I have a range increment of 10 feet. I don't see anything in the rules to suggest that thrown... Uh, they only deal piercing damage, though it seems like a reasonable rule. Or am I missing something? It does seem like a reasonable rule that uh, a thrown dagger would only do piercing dag- damage. Unless it was like a glancing blow. Yeah, but the, really that just boils down to the flavoring of mm-hmm. how much damage you do. Because ideally, when you throw a dagger, you want it to stab right the crap in them. Yeah. You know, and ideally you want to hit them somewhere, you know, pretty Some, fatal. So, yeah. yeah, somewhere somewhere squishy or somewhere with something vital or round or inside. Yep. Very deeply inside, like, mm-hmm. say, a heart or a stomach or a artery. Yeah, neck, head. Neck, head. Yeah. The well, brain, which, you know, I don't really see myself throwing a very effective slashing dagger, like, 
it would kind of cut the person. It wouldn't really do much damage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in my opinion, and again, I think they've given you that option because a dagger can be slashing where you're holding it and slashing across, or yeah. you can yeah. pierce it into yeah, someone. Standard dagger does. Now with throwing, at least in my head, when you're throwing a dagger, you're throwing it with all your might. It's gonna stick straight into it. Assuming someone. you throw it correctly. Yeah. Now you probably could kind of throw it in a, you know, flimsy way where it just lightly slashes someone and doesn't do a lot of damage because you don't want to do a lot of damage. Maybe you want to catch someone's attention. But at least in my mind, when you're throwing a dagger, it's more of a piercing weapon, I not think, a yeah, slashing. That's the goal of yeah, throwing a dagger. The option of piercing and slashing comes from melee. Melee. Yeah. In my yeah. But again, that's me thinking as a player and as a DM. So yeah, there's no. I mean, there's no reason why you couldn't specify. I, I, I guess it damage, would be but... really up to how you as a player want to make that attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I think the option just extends both either thrown or stabby stab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stabby stabby. Yeah. Yeah. So that one, yeah, there's not really the ambiguity on the ambiguity. Fortunately, is pretty easily clarified. Yeah, it does both both ways. It does. All right, so uh, Rachel Lewis, right then. Hello, Rachel. Welcome to the gut. Gamer Forge. I am looking for an RPG setting that is contemporary, near future mechanic system uh, is not a consideration. I would accept and welcome the use of technology in a setting as an excuse for fantastical elements. An example of what I have in mind would be the world of Mage, the Ascension, with only the technocrats or the uh, eclipse face situated before the fall, <laughs> but with a similar level of technology. Kinda Joe likes this question. Go for it, Joe. <laughs> Well, see, here's the thing. If we're going to be, if you're looking for any kind of a near future as an excuse to use fantastical elements, we've got to remember uh, one of Isaac Asimov's rules for writing science fiction. Science, or magic, is just science we haven't figured out yet. Okay. So you can describe, you know, fantastical elements as technology pretty easily. Yeah. So as far as using these two systems that you've outlined here, one, if you're going to use, if you're going to be playing something like Mage the Ascension, don't. I mean, you may as well just make the whole thing. You know, don't don't just say you're only allowed to play this. You may as well just open up the whole thing because mm-hmm. I guarantee you, as soon as you say you're not allowed, they're going to try to find a way. Oh yeah. Or they're going to complain until they do. Yeah. All right. And as far as using Eclipse Phase, that one I wouldn't. Rec- I would say, I mean, a fan, a great future setting. I wouldn't necessarily qualify it as a near future setting. Because uh, some of the elements inside in, inside the games, such as um, you know, cybernetics, cloning, and um, um, and what was the other example? I was going to explain like faster than like travel mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's I mean pretty reasonable as far as near future. Yeah. However, the invention of an of a technology called the cortical stack. I think kind of disqualifies it from being near future. The ability to download your entire personality and then basically be any person you want by beaming yourself or downloading yourself into a new body, that's a little too wow. future. So, But a fantastic setting, and so if you're going to choose a future setting, I would highly recommend it. Um, if you're looking for anything that would be near future, um, anything that you could wrap around in the maybe the Mutants and Masterminds, because mm-hmm. that runs through several different yeah. eras. 
Um, Heroes Unlimited, done by Palladium Games, is also really good because that's easily adapted to just about anything. They give you. Well, I mean, even Shadowrun is yes. somewhat near future, but it does have that fantasy aspect yeah, a little bit too. Yeah, it, it blends heavy elements of both. And so that's also a really good one if you want like the cyberpunk setting, and that's and that's what that game is known for. That's like Iron a, Kingdoms also had a degree of that uh, particular level of you know, near future with fantasy uh, in, uh, involved. Well, yeah, th- there was more of a, that's more, a steampunk. It's, it's, yeah, it's type. more steampunk. It's like steampunk mixed fantasy. Yeah, but it's still it's still know, fun. It's, it's still fun, and it's still pretty close yeah. to. So it, if you want to go, close. yeah, and it's I mean it's good. Like in the opposite direction. Yeah. Like if you wanted to shoot people in the past, but then still have that sort of slight futuristic, um, or a slight tinge of futuristic um, mm-hmm. elements, that that would be a good way to go. Especially because they have their new, um, they're going to be debuting their new supplement book at Gen Con this year, yeah. and that's going to be expanding greatly upon the bestiary and um, as far as playability class or careers. Um, finally, I would say my highest recommendation would probably, um, and I kind of loathe to uh, recommend this to recommend this to somebody who is probably not familiar or um, probably inexperienced. I would imagine, though, um, anything that you can get your hands on from the Hero Fifth Edition or six, uh, the new Sixth Edition, because Sixth Edition is effectively the same, uh, just a couple of mathematical things have changed. Um, because that ha- all of its supplement books run the gamut from all the way from like seventeenth uh, century Japan all the way up to future mm-hmm. and beyond. Yeah. And you can mix and match any elements from just about anywhere um, to blend any you know any idea that you might have. Um, some some of their really 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 good ones as far as their supplements go is their post apocalypse book. Is one of the most fantastically put together supplements um, for game settings ever, just ever. It's it's just wonderfully constructed. The writing is all well done. Their examples are spot on, mm-hmm. and then their um, and the the math breakdown. They break it down very very well. How to create um, fantastical elements within futuristic Sweet. society. All right, I think you, we got that for you. All right, uh, all right. last one Good is. Job, Joe. Kevin Hansen in Pathfinder, do magical weapons automatically overcome damage reduction? Let's say I have a monster with a DR-10 slash adamantine. Would it be correct to say if a PC attacks that monster with a plus three non-adamantine weapon, the monster's DR, or damage reduction for those of you, would not be overcome? The general question here is whether magical weapons automatically overcome damage reduction. My read is that magic weapons can overcome damage reduction, but it's not guaranteed. Is that correct? Hmm. I've at least how I've always understood it is yes, they do. They do overcome that damage reduction because they are magical in nature, and the essence, the essence of magic yeah, is what is, makes them avoid the damage yeah, reduction. Yeah. Tops. Now, unless there is a resistance to magic, then that damage reduction, yes, would uh, then come back into play. But uh, magical weapons do bypass that. Joe, since you... Does anyone I mean, else have anything to say? Go for it. I have, I have not touched Pathfinder, so... I mean, it's... It, yeah. Damage reduction is always a tough one. The short answer? Nope. Nope, it doesn't bypass totally doesn't. it. Nope, the, the, when 3.5 first hit the shelves, 
it caused a huge hoopla because damage reduction was no longer a purely magical um, mm. or not not classified purely as a magical thing. And so things like golems would have specifically resistance. Uh, res- uh, like resistances to anything but adamantine weapons and so okay. on and so forth. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to remember that. Now. So yeah, second edition, yeah, it totally. Yeah, if it was magic, you're good. Yeah, you're good. You, so you now I, now I'm going back through third edition. You're you are correct. Yes. And it, so so if you are going to take something that or attack something that does have resistance to ad- or resistance to anything but adamantine, then yes, you are going to have to overcome that damage reduction. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean that you can't damage it. Yeah. It just means that that damage reduction applies to yeah, it. Yeah, so in this case, you have that plus three sword. You have to deal 11 damage before he gains one, He takes one point of damage. And it has to be, you know, it sucks. Unless, you know, you're plus three weapons of adamantine, then you're good. Yeah, then if it's, adam- if it's an anim- adamantine magical weapon, then you just, you go right past yeah. it. So you can still incorporate the uh, plus into your attack. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that everything goes into fun. it. You just have to, you know, in this case, you have to squ- hit at least 10 points of damage before you start scratching at it. Yeah, so hopefully you're not using something like a dagger or a sling. Because uh, good luck with that. Yeah. So, I, I'm using a scourge. Is that You know, okay? <laughs> we'll have to see what they do with the Indian X, because yeah, that it, was it, one it, nice thing. Game right it, now. it was kind of one nice thing, is if it was magical... It, the magic infused it to bypass stuff like that. Yeah. Granted, damage reduction was a lot higher in that game system because yeah. of that. It certainly got a lot higher. Um, sure. yeah, especially if you were fighting dragons. But uh, I do 16 damage. You do 7 damage. Yeah. Aww. So, I mean, we'll have to see <laughs> what happens. Um, but even a, a DR of 10, and you have a plus 3 weapon. I mean, let's say this is a plus 3 longsword. I mean, right there, it's a D8. Yeah. And if you score high, you're still... You're getting something. I mean, you're going to have to roll max damage to at least do one point of damage. Yeah. You crit, well, assuming you're doing you, some nice. Assuming that criticals would affect it, yeah. of course. Because um, you don't say what type of monster it is. But, yeah. you know, there are chances the you can still hit this thing. Yeah, so, it's, so the pluses will certainly stack into your favor, yes. but you still have to overcome it. Yes, all right. Well, thank you, everyone. They uh, wrote in. Yep. This thank evening. you, Richard, Stephen, Rachel, and Kevin for writing in. So, uh, as always, you can write in to info at radio dot com. We will answer your questions. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, next week, we will have Blake Castleman and Brian Hills on the show talking about Devil's Triangle and uh, Dragon's Gate and any and the other things they're doing. We might also be able to talk to uh, Blake a little bit about Comic Con and uh, the amazing things he's setting up there. He might get ooh inside track ooh inside yeah. Scoop. And then the week after that, we'll have Dan Farr. Uh, he will not be in the studio, but he will be calling in. Okay. The guy is super busy, so you know the fact he's uh, oh, yeah. doing that. Not only that, uh, we did. Uh, you know, Brandon Sanderson is out on his book tour about Words of Radiance. We uh, were able to send him a few questions, and he was he was nice enough to answer a few of those. Granted, not as long as I had hoped, but again, I, I'm just grateful he was able yeah, to give it that's really some cool answers just because he, he literally is flying from place to place. So, oh, yeah. Um, we're going to play that next week as well. Okay. Uh, pimp that up a little bit. Uh, oh, thanks, Brandon. You're awesome. I know he is. I it, love you, man. You know, he literally, and I'm going to apologize right now. There is a lot of background noise. They were literally driving to the airport while he, as he was recording these answers for us. Wow. So he was he was even cool enough to fit us in. Yeah. Like, so, this wasn't just 
Yeah. Something. He fit us in for that. No, uh, Brandon's a great guy. Um, so for those of you out there, uh, you know, check next week's show out because that and Blake and Brian will be on the show. Uh, check out the one after that because of Dan Farr. And, and certainly, if you're in anywhere close to Salt Lake, come check out Fan X. You won't regret it. It'll be lots of fun. We'll be wandering around. We'll be on a panel. We'll be doing a show live from there. So get questions um, ready. Yes, questions. So, Who knows? I mean, granted, it's going to be a condensed show because we have 45 minutes. That's it. Oh, wow. We can make it. We can do it. It will be fun. It will be hilarious. We are going to find some people to come up as guests for us. Um, it's going to be fun. So check us out. Uh, not only that, just have fun. I mean, it, this is a place where you can be at home. And it doesn't matter if you're, you know, on the chess club, on the football team, or we're on the football team, or you're in the military. <laughs> I was on the football team. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Or in the I military. I was on the football team. Awesome. Or in the military, you know. Everyone is there enjoying and having fun, and, and you can do that, too. And there's gonna, Yeah, it's going to be lots of fun, so check that out. Uh, I can't say I can't say anything the, bad about the these guys. The excitement builds. It, it, it's building. Uh, and these guys have done an amazing job, considering this is the second one they put on, and it, what, the one was just last September, yeah. and they've got an even bigger cast. They've got more space. And it's sold out. Yeah, it's sold. They've already pre-sold twenty thousand tickets at this point. You Ooh. just, yeah, I just can't it's say. It's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. It is. And then they're going to have to move Comic Con Salt Lake to Indianapolis. No, they're just going to have to build. A, they're just going to have to build a new, larger uh, convention. A larger center. convention. I mean, the Comic Con convention, the Salt, uh, the yeah, Comic Con Salt Lake Convention yeah. Center. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, or we're, you, we're growing too big for our britches. You know, probably, they they may have to do what they did in Seattle, where they couldn't go out; they just went up. Mm-hmm. You know, the convention center is on several different floors, so who knows? Ooh. Um, so yeah, excitement. With, with that, uh, we will return next week. As always, check out our Facebook page, our YouTube page. The gamer for or the gamer girl segment will be coming out since yes. uh, Firebird wasn't Yay. on. I know, and this last one was delicious. Yes. Oh my uh, god. You have so to good. you have to see as those come out. Check out Joe's posting. Uh, he always does a write up of the gamer forge. As well as check out all of our little fun articles and clippings and things that pop and up. If there are ever any shows that you miss. You can always download our archive on Ditcher, iTunes, or on our page itself. For or your through Blog Talk Radio. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Blog Talk Radio. So, all right. So, well, with that, I think we need to wrap things up. That's, We're out of here. That's very true. So, a uh, very special thank you to NB Design Studios. Thank you for your, uh, thanks, Nate, for taking care of our logo. And if you have any t shirts or banners that you need to make, contact NB Design Studios on Facebook.com and uh, let Nate do his work because he'll take care of you. And buy a DCR. Uh, yes. B- D- yeah, DCR thing. Absolutely. Buy a t- t- shirt. forward slash DCR. That's right. Yeah, do it now. I, I didn't hear that. Become, become one of the cool kids. Yes. Sit at, sit at the cool kids table with us. So uh, until next time, good night, Salt Lake. Good night, world. Buy a T-shirt. And as always, get more from your games. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. I'm all right. Nobody's worried about me. Don't want to <laughs> give it a fight. <laughs> when did you become the golfer? When was I not the golfer? (laughs) All right, we're out of here.